Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Leffer, uh, broadcasting from Grand Forks, North Dakota. And I'm extremely excited for uh, our next segment here. Um, obviously, as, as a priest, but as a Christian, um, I love the gospel. I love the gospels. And uh, a number of years ago, I made a, made a trip to the Holy Land. And while I was there, you know, St. Augustine had that experience where he heard the Holy Spirit say, take and read, take and read. I had this experience where the, the Lord said, take Mark's gospel and read it. And I have to be, I have to be honest, up until then, I... Mark's gospel is never really appealing to me. For some reason, I always kind of like went around him or whatever. But there I was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, took Mark's gospel, completely transformed my life. I've never been the same since, and uh, it's just been burned into my soul. And so this morning, we have the privilege of having Dr. Leroy Husengay with us um, as professor out of, at U of Mary in Bismarck. And uh, Dr. Husengay, are you with us? Mm-hmm. Right Good. here. Good morning. Welcome. Can you give us a just a little bit, a quick bit about yourself, and and then we'll we'll get this this interview going going because I don't want to waste any time. Here we go. Sure. Well, I teach scripture and some theology at the University of Mary here in Bismarck, and I also do some administrative work as the administrative chair of arts and letters. Uh, grew up in Minot. Uh, you know, went out east and uh, to Europe for my education. Was working in Chicago, teaching at Wheaton College. Converted to Catholicism and. Uh, you know, did whatever I should do. I came to marry. And now, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm wrong many times. Okay, but you have a particular interest in liturgy as well. Is that true? Oh, very much so. Because you know, trained as a biblical scholar, but you know, then a Catholic convert. You know, uh, our life is the Mass. Our life is the Eucharistic liturgy, and the Bible is liturgical from Genesis to Revelation. Eden is a temple with Adam as priest, and ever read the book of revelation it's all about worship in heaven preach it brother preach it preach it preach it more okay this is uh you know in in the life as a priest it's so it's always so exciting i mean to meet another human person but especially when you encounter somebody who not only has faith but puts that faith into action and lives from that perspective of faith so this is an absolute privilege to be with you this morning okay so you've recently um released a book here, Loosing the Lion, and this is about the Gospel of Mark. Um, take us there. Take us right in, because this is so beautiful. Go. Sure. I wrote it for um, uh, year B of the lectionary, you know, given my liturgical interests, and also wanted to help uh, preachers preach and uh, lay people understand the Mass reading, so the book's ordered according to the lectionary. Uh, in there... You know, I give the introductory stuff on the Gospel of Mark and, you know, then storm through the Gospel and, you know, interpret all the passages. I was really concerned to help people read Mark, because like you uh, mentioned earlier, a lot of people read it and they don't get it. And that's kind of deliberate on Mark's part. It's a Gospel of mystery, of surprise, of secrets. Uh, and so I really tried to unpack Mark, unlock Mark, and uh, show just what a brilliant story it is. I mean, ultimately... It's uh, it's a little bit like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Mark's Jesus a bit like Aslan. It's about apocalyptic holy war against not the uh, White Witch, as in the other story, but against uh, sin, death, hell, and the devil. And so now, once you have those keys, it's really fascinating. I, I'm with you. I, and again, when I was in seminary and so forth, I don't know why, but for some reason, like Mark was always kind of like the afterthought one or whatever. He's just the little guy or he's the loud guy. 
I have to say, the, the personal experience I had with Mark was literally standing on the shore of Galilee, taking this and, and just being consumed by it. And it was like, it was as if the Lord said to me, you're standing in the kitchen window of Peter's house, you're looking out, and you literally can see, you can read that gospel and see, you can look out and see the place where it all took place. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit taking you by the hand saying, here is, here's how it happened. You can see it. You're here. Go drink and vibe it. Take it on. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just absolutely transformative. Um, okay. So how about, so give us this insight that you have that you just explained about the, you know, the, 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 the battle that you see going on here. Yeah, so Mark's gospel is, you know, kind of like the movie Gladiator or something. It, it grabs you by the throat and doesn't let you go. It's just intense left, right, and center. And so it starts with John the Baptist screaming in the wilderness, and Jesus shows up and gets baptized, and, you know, uh, pretty much before he's even coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes screaming out of this uh, tear in the heavenly fabric. Uh, the Greek word there is schism, actually, this rending, this tearing in the heavens, and the Spirit doesn't just land on Jesus, but the Greek says the Spirit comes into Jesus, pops into him like he's Holy Spirit-possessed, uh, and then the next thing he does is he goes out and makes war on the devil in the wilderness, uh, you know, and he'll continue to exorcism throughout the Gospel, so it's kind of like the Spirit-possessed Jesus against the demonic-possessed uh, uh, people, at least the demons in them, throughout the Gospel. And, you know, all that is just like, you know, 12, 13 verses into the gospel. It's really fast, really intense. The, the, um, so now Mark, Mark was, I mean, you're the expert here, not me. So just Mark, Mark was a scribe for St. Peter. Is that correct? There's traditions in the early church about that. And I, I certainly, uh, like to believe that. I think it's certainly historically plausible, probable. And, and I don't know if you're prepared to answer this, but I'm just asking out of curiosity myself. But so what I've done is I've like I've read the Gospel of Mark with the letters of Peter afterwards, kind of like what you do with Saint Luke with, you know, his, his Gospel and and Acts or whatever. But it and I'm telling you, it it's it's like it all fits together. It's it's really kind of mm-hmm. awesome and incredible and 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 spirit inspired. So what would you, okay, so you and I, we, we're, we're, we obviously have our passions here, but how about your average listener who's out there right now, what, what word could you give them to say, hey, here's why you should pick up Mark's gospel, and if you never read scripture, here's how you could begin. What, 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 how could you guide them into that? Uh, I would suggest to them that, you know, Mark is worth reading because it's just so fascinating. It's just a fascinating story. Um, and then once, you know, you get a person interested in reading Mark, uh, you have them look, I think, for uh, irony. Uh, because there's so many fascinating ironies going on in the Gospel of uh, Mark that are quite deliberate on Mark's part. So, you know, for instance, the, uh, throughout the Gospel, people get healed, and Jesus says, don't say anything. And they go and tell everybody. Know, and then you get to the end of yeah, you get to the end of the gospel, and the young man at the empty tomb says to the women, "Go tell his disciples and Peter, you know, he's risen and gone to Galilee. There you will see him." And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And it just then, <laughs> isn't, that, you know, isn't so, that so true about our lives with Christ? Yeah, you just described it in yeah. a nutshell. It's just like yeah. 
It is, you know, um, or the centurion, this freaks people out a little bit sometimes, the centurion at Jesus' crucifixion, when he says, truly this was the Son of God, he's speaking the truth, but he's speaking truth ironically. He probably doesn't believe it, because there's nothing in Mark's story that would suggest to the centurion uh, that this man dead before him was, you know, anything else but a troublemaker Jew. Uh, There's there's no... uh, splitting of rocks and opening of tombs in Mark's story of the crucifixion like you have in Matthew. There's no John or Mary keeping watch. There's just Jesus dying, misunderstood, screaming out, even cries out, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And people say, oh, he's calling for Elijah, right? Eloi and Elias sound alike in Aramaic. Um, And he just dies. And the centurion can't see through the walls of the city and through the walls of the temple into the Holy of Holies to see the veil being torn. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's probably like, yeah, this was the Son of God, whatever. And it's so tragic because he's speaking the truth he doesn't have the eyes to see to believe. You're listening to Dr. Uh, uh, Leroy Husengay. He's a professor of Scripture at University of Mary, and we're going through Mark's Gospel right here on, on Real Presence Live. Now, is Mark's Gospel the famous one where um, after after the garden um, and they're arresting Jesus and it says this young man in his bedclothes, and is, is that that's Mark's, right? Yeah, it's and it's only in Mark. It's just bizarre. So, you know, Jesus gets seized, the disciples run away, and then Mark takes in our reckoning, two verses to say, uh, you know, and a young man was following him, uh, and they seized him, uh, and they got his linen, linen garment, but he left it behind and ran away naked. Now, what's your theory? What's your theory about that? I want to hear your theory. What's, why is that one in there? Some people think it's Mark's internal signature, that the young man is actually Mark, and I, I mean, I would like to believe that. I don't know how you ever prove that. You know, but and, I, the, and the, part of it too is like I, great. I, I love that idea too. And there's also like you go to the Holy Land, and they they talk about how the upper room was the property of Mark's parents, and mm-hmm. and all this. There's all these like extra biblical stories that kind of surround these things. You know, yeah, they're fascinating. I think in the in the world of uh, the story of Mark's gospel, uh, Mark is doing something theologically brilliant. I think the young man is a cipher or a symbol for every Christian, and his apostasy and restoration parallels Peter's and thus parallels the possibility of forgiveness for everybody, right? So like Peter, he's effectively denied Jesus. Leaving the linen garment behind was like leaving his baptism behind. That's probably a baptismal garment. Beautiful. Uh, And then the only other time young man is mentioned in Mark is at the empty tomb. And there, this young man, presumably the same figure, is sitting on the right side, you know, right is good in the Bible, left is bad. Yep. Um, Dexter and sinister. Yeah, exactly, if you know your Latin, right. Um, he's sitting on the right side, now in a white robe, which is a symbol of uh, eternal sanctity. You know, and he gets to announce the resurrection. Yeah, uh, So and, and this it, young man oh. was restored, and what does he say? Tell his disciples and Peter, whose denial of Jesus we just got told a couple chapters prior in uh, painful detail. Okay, yeah, this... So. Oh, Dr. Yusengay, man, we, we need like three more hours of such good stuff. The, um... Uh, we're, we're coming to the end of our time here. Uh, extremely unfortunate, because um, we, could, we could go on. We, we, we just scratched the surface here, but I, I hope the listeners can appreciate just really the excitement, the living Word of God that is present in here, um, just in these little themes we've developed. And one other thing, I'll throw this one in there. 
Mark's gospel is the best. If you take like um, maps or the geography of the Holy Land and read it, and you watch Jesus go through on the whole thing, that's another just exciting way to encounter uh, Mark's gospel. Now, in 15 seconds, you've got a new book. We obviously are entering into the year of St. Matthew. What do you have that would help the listeners with that one? Well, I've just published a book called Behold the Christ, Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew, and it's set up the same way. Some introductory material where I talk about what Matthew is and what it has to say to our present age, and then I kind of storm through the uh, lectionary uh, where Matthew shows up and interpret all the passage for y'all. Okay, where can people get these books? Uh, St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology online, or otherwise your other favorite online retailer. <laughs> Very good. Doctor, continue the great work. Um, God, God bless you in all your endeavors, okay? Yep, thank you so much. You're listening to Real Presence Live. The good news is coming at you.